This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products, but mainly books, right? Our guests share tips that help anyone who loves stories, whether you're a librarian, bookseller, educator, author, publisher, writer, etc. We tell the truth. We tell the truth about how people are finding about books, how people are getting books under their bookshelves. So let's begin with our guest today, whose name is Ali Sosinski. And she is a wife, mom, special educator, children's book author, and social emotional learning coach, which I am super interested in learning more about. She mentors new teachers, creates visuals, hands-on resources for students, and lives for coffee, which I'm drinking right now, girl. I hear ya. With a master's degree and over 12 years of professional experience, she is a go-to resource for educators everywhere, which is why I'm really excited she said yes to this interview. So welcome, Allie. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, goodness. So as a wife, mom, special educator, and author and coach, you have books in your life, correct? Just a few. (laughs) Just a few. You have books in your life, and you also have a lot of animals in your life. You have four animals. Tell us about your animals. (laughs) Yeah. So it started off with when I, when I met my husband, he had a dog and um, a rescue dog, which is so near and dear to my heart. And her name is Stella and she's lovely. And then after a while, um, it was very evident that Stella really needed a buddy. She had a very hard time when we would leave or when he would leave. So after we got married, we took in the cat of a friend of ours who lo and behold to us we didn't really realize how difficult she was and there was like definitely a reason that she was up for grabs but you know leading hard animal people we ended up with Esther the cat um Stella loves Esther the cat the feeling's not mutual so then over time we ended up with Gracie the pit bull who's another rescue and she's truly the best Mm. and I had a classroom rabbit for a very long time and now I am no longer a classroom teacher I am a social emotional learning coach at a school so I don't have a classroom of kids so Leonard the rabbit lives at home with us now so that leaves us with four pets four (laughs) pets that's amazing girl that is amazing So, um, by the way, we're going to have to talk about this at another time, but I am envious of your job and I wish that the schools in Michigan for anyone tuning in, we need SEL coaches in our schools. What is happening, Michigan? Everybody does. I know. And we're few and far between. It is a dream job. Did you, did they have the position or did you pitch the position? Yeah, they had the position. And so that's, that's the position I applied for. So it's pretty spectacular. I couldn't pass it up. That is spectacular. So let's let's dive in. People listening, let's talk about how books can truly teach social emotional skills. Do you believe they can and do you use them in your coaching? So I'll say if we're just talking about books alone, I don't know how much they do. So, and I feel like that might be an unpopular opinion, but that's only because I think about every single one of us have gone to some type of like professional seminar or something. And it's like a one day thing that maybe our, our boss wants us to go to and we go and we listen and then we're like, okay, cool. And then we leave and we're like, okay, let's do it. And then it sort of falls off the radar because there's no follow through and no one really asks you to do it or is holding you super accountable. And you're like, yeah, that would have been cool. But like, I don't know. It feels really overwhelming right now. You're onto something right now. And I truly believe that 
our kids feel really similarly if we're, you know, reading them this amazing book about empathy, but we don't follow through with it as parents, as teachers, as clinicians, you know, whatever our job with kids may be, it's going to fall a little flat. So I think it's sort of up to the adults in our lives to keep the books alive. And if we're doing that, I'm 100% sure that books teach SEL skills. They can be the best jumping off point and then a continuous point. If we're, you know, kind of collecting books about perhaps anxiety, if we have a child in our life that, you know, tends to, to have anxiety, well, then let's teach coping skills and normalize anxiety through all these books and our conversations and our daily actions. And our conversations and our daily actions. And one of the things I think language and terminology is helpful. So being a parent myself, we, since the kids were little, we've used the term problem solvers. And we want our kids to be independent problem solvers. So if something happens, we say, wow, you're being such a problem solver. And that's ingrained in their daily habits, their daily actions, in our conversations, those, term, those terms, that and empathy and kindness. Um, and so now they use those words and they behave in a way, not always, of course, but they'll think, gosh, I'm a problem solver and I have a problem. Do I need to go to mom or should I try to fix it first myself? Um, so I can I see it. how it's really helped go beyond, you have to really put it as part of your life. I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about behavior and SEL books and really leveraging it. You talked about, you know, you've got this, you've got that, but how can you really leverage it to get that good behavior from children? Sure. So my thought process kind of goes around, let's take this theme of the book and then what can we do to sort of extend it? If you are a parent, a great way that would be you know, just a thought process for me is, okay, we read this book, let's have some conversations about it. Let's tie this to our actual life. So maybe there was a scenario that had happened a week prior that really sticks out in your mom brain and you're thinking like, okay, let's sort of tie these two pieces together to make this real. Perhaps the book's about an animal and, you know, this child's maybe not identifying themselves because this is definitely a fictional story. Okay, well, there's some parts of it that are pretty real. So let's make that concrete. Another piece could be reading a book in preparation for something that's happening. Maybe Whoa. you know your child really struggles with change. So let's come up with some strategies based off of this book. Talk about how we can weave those into our life. If you're a teacher, something I love to do is when I'm using books that really focus on some specific skills, making an anchor chart that sort of goes along with that, laying it out and then hanging that up on the wall. And not just making it a poster hanging on the wall, but something I'm going to refer to all the time when I'm looking for that or when I see it, pointing it out. So the student is constantly saying like, oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. There's this follow through yes, reminders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tracking it back. Yeah. I love that. It's the follow through and it's the accountability as a teacher too, to be able to see it and keep referring. Oh, back. totally. Right. So I can bring it up if it's here. I won't forget. Yes. And Ellie, something that I thought about, um, you know, for the publishers listening, I think because of my education, my background in education, in all of our books on our copyright pages, we have before, during, and after questions. Because if you think about it, parents and teachers, I mean, as a teacher, you don't have a ton of time. You're writing lesson plans, you're prepping materials, but to be able to open a book and see these questions that will help guide discussion, it's kind of like, wow, they did it for me, right? And I think for parents at the end of the night when you're tired, 
and you want to be that good parent. You want to be talking about coping skills. Your child is anxious, and but the questions are there for you. You're like, yes, I have some guiding questions so I can be that parent who is really going beyond the book, right? So um, yes. for publishers- I always think about my dad when I'm thinking about someone reading a book and wanting to tie it in there. My dad has a heart of gold. My dad also is has training in biology and he worked for a gas company for 25 years. So like, though my dad is a seasoned dad, he has no idea how to facilitate those conversations. It's just not in his repertoire. Yeah, I have a 16 month old daughter and like, this is what I do. Like yeah. I have a hobby of coming up with these kind of questions, right? I love it. But I like to think like if my dad picked up a book to read to my daughter as she gets older, he would love to have those questions there. Like, oh, I never would have thought to ask her this, but somebody else just thought of it for me. It's perfect. Yeah. He might even purchase the book just knowing that that's in there to help him. I think that is so crucial as we're writing books that are like about really big, important topics. Yeah, yeah, because we don't have to be good at everything and we want the experts to be sharing their expertise with others. And you and I were kind of having a little banter before um, I started recording. And I think what we were talking about was really valuable. We were talking about the whole idea of marketing books and how publishers are truly, and we're kind of kind of moving on to the next topic, but publishers are truly marketing to families. And tell me why you think that's not always the best um, marketing plan for a publisher. I think that that's a facet of it, but I think there's a huge missing piece in the teacher school leader district aspect. Mm -hmm. We can be getting these books in the hands of kids who will then potentially ask their parents for them. Um, maybe put them on a book list when they're um, shopping in you know, the school book fair and that kind of stuff because they've heard it before and they know that they liked it. Um, it might come home in, in a newsletter, we read this book this week and you know, a parent's like, oh wow, like that would be great. And now it's going home to all those parents. And that could also be sent to grandparents and you know, added to birthday lists, um, holiday lists, things like that for books. Um, I really believe that when we get books in the hands of teachers and, and in school libraries and in school, just in school communities in general, it's expanding the reach, I mean, tenfold. Tenfold. So you're either marketing to one family who has two children, or you're marketing to one teacher who has 30 students and whose 30 students have multiple siblings and multiple cousins, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, as a parent myself, um, one of the things that I love to do, so I think about my kids and I think about certain things that are happening in our lives. So right now it's June when you and I are recording, but this is going to be coming out. Um, August 3rd, but it's June. And so I went to Pinterest and I searched for picture books on pride to celebrate pride month with our family and to educate my children, which I know we should be doing it all year long, but I do like to pick up themes and I went to Pinterest. And so whichever teachers are blogging about pride picture books, they have created these lists. And those are the books that are being recommended to me as a consumer. So when publishers are thinking about, well, how do we get our books that we're putting out on all of these lists on Pinterest? Or how are we getting um, you know, educators to blog about it? Well, one, 
you have to give your books to educators. You have to give your books to educators and get connected with that community in order for them to fall in love with your stories and bring them into their curriculum. So yeah. And another place that teachers are so active is on Twitter. And if you really want a, you know, a teacher to be tweeting about your books during their Twitter chats, um, got to give it to them. <laughs> you do, you do. Or you can also go to um, different lists that teachers have created, like your SEL list. So tell us about, you have a, which I, I would love to get for my family. So I need to go to your blog to get it. But tell us a little bit about this curated book list. Yeah, so in terms of SEL, I always reach back out to CASEL, which is um, an organization that is like a research institute and really the, the foundation of SEL. And they have um, these five competencies of SEL that I always go to as well to make sure that I'm looking at well-rounded pieces and I'm not forgetting a big chunk of SEL when I'm trying to kind of create the whole continuum in classrooms and when I'm supporting teachers and when I'm blogging and you know creating resources in general. So I've created a curated book list where I take each of the five competencies from Castle and I've just kind of spelled out a bunch of books that fit into those specific areas so that families, teachers, any, you know, bloggers creating book lists, things like that can really look at that and say like, oh, okay, I'm missing, you know, a piece from self-management. I can look at these books and make sure that I'm, I'm incorporating some things that are part of those themes. Fantastic. So how can we get your, um, your special resource library? Sure. So you can uh, join my resource library. There's tons and tons of resources. And then in addition, this curated book list is one of them at my website, which is www.misbehaviorblog.com. And you'll see right at the top, there will be um, a way to sign up for my email list and then the password will be sent to you. Fantastic. And we will put that um, in the show notes. And then it's also your social media handles. Where are you most um, active, I would say? So my blog, definitely, I blog every single week and I love just, I love to write. So sharing resources in that way is really important to me. I've also started being able to highlight some other bloggers and some other people in the SEL and special education field by hosting some guest bloggers. So that's been fun too, to be able to sort of amplify other voices. Um, and I'm also really active on Instagram. I, I love it. It's such a fun community there. So you can find me there at underscore misbehavior. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. This was awesome. I appreciate you for having me. And really those of you, yeah. And for those of you listening, please know that we come out with new episodes on All the Right Marketing every Tuesday. Until then, think outside of the box and don't afraid to reach your audience in new and creative ways. Thank you. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.